from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. There's food insecurities, um, there's drought in some locations, there's violent extremist organizations that operate. That's Major General Roger Cloutier, Commanding General of U.S. Army Africa. He joins us to talk about their role as a component of U.S. Africa Command, and he gives us an unvarnished view of what they're up against. Well, you know, Africa is a complex problem set, uh, 53 different countries in our area of responsibility. Uh, an area three and a half times the size of the continental United States, population of approximately 1.2 billion people, um, projected to have 40% of the world's population growth by 2050. Long-standing problems stretching back more than 100 years have contributed to Africa's instability. And on this program, Cloutier helps us understand what the U.S. military is doing to try to pull Africa out of this situation. Coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. In today's battle space, situations change rapidly. That's why Northrop Grumman's innovative C4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. The continent of Africa has a serious terrorism problem. From ISIS to Al-Qaeda to Al-Shabaab, Boko Haram and numerous other small groups that seek constantly to take advantage of the instability on the continent. The U.S. has for many years sought to help African nations develop their own capacities to take care of themselves. But long-standing problems, reaching back to the colonial era and the carving up of Africa at the Berlin Conference in the late 1800s, and later corruption, foreign meddling, natural and human disasters have kept the continent as a whole in a constant state of instability. The U.S. military plays a major role in helping Africa help itself. And joining us on this episode of Target USA to bring some context to it is Major General Roger Cloutier, Commanding General of U.S. Army Africa. General Cloutier, give me your sense of the ground truth, the ground situation there in Africa and your role in dealing with that truth? Well, you know, Africa is a complex problem set. Uh, 53 different countries in our area of responsibility, an area three and a half times the size of the continental United States, population of approximately 1.2 billion people projected to have 40% of the world's population growth by 2050. A huge majority of the population is under the age of 25, so there's a huge population growth. So a lot going on 
there's food insecurities, um, there's drought in some locations, there's violent extremist organizations that operate. Um, so, you know, that's the context. Mm-hmm. In that context, we as the Army component of AFRICOM focus on synchronizing activities in the land domain, uh, activities uh, that involve the interagency activities that involve our sister services like the Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps, uh, and some soft activities. But also we try to integrate and synchronize some of the activities of our allies and partners and things that they're doing, the French, the British, the Italians, you know, what they're doing on the continent to make sure we're not duplicating efforts. Mm -hmm. Um, Because resources and the amount of uh, forces that we have assigned and allocated to us is very small. So we got to be pretty judicious in what we do. Um, so what we try to do at U.S. Army Africa, uh, U.S. Army Africa, is we we provide support uh, to some ongoing operations. Um, we provide uh, logistics, communication support to some of the French operations uh, in in the Sahel, the Maghreb Sahel area. Um, we do a lot of capacity building. So our job is is to try to build uh, the capacity of our partnered African uh, land forces. Uh, so, so they can, you know, take care of those issues. So we operate um, through a by, with, and through methodology. You know, so most of the operations in Africa are done by our African partners, with assistance from the United States, through a cooperative relationship that's mutually beneficial to both of us. And then, as the U.S. <coughs> USRAF CG. My job is to make sure that I'm nested with the AFRICOM's campaign plan. So the, the COCOM writes a campaign plan. We write a campaign support plan. And then we develop a five-year, multi-year plan that's focused on the next five years of how do we engage on the continent, what countries do we want to engage in, where can we do uh, capacity building uh, with our African partners, and then how can um, what we do contribute to overall uh, stability and security in Africa. And one last point, uh, JJ, is, uh, you know, a stable and secure Africa is a U.S. national interest. And the work that we do um, helps develop the capacity of those African armies to, to handle their issues locally. And in the end, that provides security for uh, American citizens, our allies, and then our interests abroad. Speaking, General, of um, the interest of the U.S. security, um, how would you assess the violent extremism problem that uh, has presented itself in a much more forceful way over the last few years? How would you assess it right now? So, it, you know, uh, there are VEOs that are operating. You know, Al-Shabaab uh, is operating. Boko Haram is operating. ISIS West Africa um, AQIM. I mean, we have those VEOs that are operating uh, on the continent. Um, in some areas, uh, uh, the situation has improved. In other areas, it's worsened. Uh, and so what we have to do is we have to help our African partners build the capacity so they can take these um, VEOs on um, so they can buy, you know, their country's time and space to develop those institutions that are going to bring overall stability there. Because the military is not the solution to the problems in Africa. It's part of the solution. Um, but what it can do is it can buy time and space uh, for those governments to, you know, work internally on the other institutions that have to be strengthened so they can do economic development, economic growth, 
governance, things that are going to bring stability to the area. So some areas it's better, some areas it's worse. It's a constant um, issue that those governments are facing, and our job is to help them buy some time and space so they can get after it. Would you uh, give us a couple of examples of, of, of where the issue, the problem is worse or where it might be better or improving? I feel comfortable um, with what USARAF is doing in terms of uh, institution and capacity building. A great example is Tunisia. So recently I was in Tunisia and I went to um, um, some counter IED training um, that was ongoing there. And there were three Americans there, you know, a very small um, commitment that were training Tunisian soldiers on how to deal with IEDs. Um, the Tunisian soldiers were motivated. They were getting it. Um, they were patriotic, and they cared about making their country a better place. Um, and I was watching those Tunisian soldiers taking the training that the U.S. was giving them and applying it. And the magnitude, the ripple effect of this is three Americans train several Tunisian trainers who then train their entire force, and then those people go out and deal with the problem in their country. So for a small investment of three U.S. personnel, we have a huge dividend down the road. Uh, and so I left there encouraged because those three Americans were making a difference. And that's happening all over the place. It's happening in Somalia. It's happening uh, in other parts, in the Lake Chad Basin, uh, in the Sahel. You know, we are doing that all over the place. And, you know, day in and day out, most Americans don't wake up and think about Africa. We think about Africa every day. And so... Um, strategically putting those twos and threes and fours in the right place, building that relationship over time is important. Because mm -hmm. for us, it's not reactive. We're trying to be proactive and get left of the crisis. So we're trying to prevent things. We're trying to be a, a you know, an inoculation, if you will, and build that capacity ahead of time so that the local militaries and the, the local institutions can deal with the problem. Mm -hmm. Some days are better than others. There are setbacks that occur. But by and large, when you, you know, go down there and you look at those, those American soldiers training their African power, counterparts and you see the passion you leave encouraged that, that hey, we got a chance. Well, that's good. And speaking of chances and, and, and that encouragement, what would you say are the biggest challenges for you and your team right now? Uh, the African continent is a huge place, like I said before, three and a half times the size of the continental United States. Um, it's you can't be everywhere at once. And so what you have to do, it's, through this multi-year plan I talked to you about, we try to be very focused and specific on where we're going to apply um, our resources because we don't have a lot of them. Um, and where are we going to get the most bang for a buck, if you will? So the challenge is not going everywhere and trying to just see how far you can, can spread things out. We have to pick and choose uh, where we're going to partner, what capacity we're going to try to build, um, so that as we're buying time and space for, you know, those governments to, to, to deal with the local issues, um, we're being good stewards of America's resources. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just dollars, but I mean their sons and daughters, because those are American soldiers that we're putting on the continent, sometimes in some pretty remote locations. And so we got to be judicious. So that's the challenge for me is making sure where do I take these scarce resources? Where do I apply them? And where can I achieve that effect like I described in Tunisia where three soldiers have a huge impact? Yeah. Uh, so that's probably our biggest challenge.
Major General Roger Cloutier, Commander of U.S. Army Africa, talking about the issues, events, people, and places that he and his team face on the continent of Africa in the execution of their mission. And when we come back, he'll talk about the threats they face. We have to make sure one, one of the things, my lines of effort, is protection, protection of all U.S. soldiers on the continent. If anything, that's what I worry about the most. That's what keeps me up at night. Coming up when we continue with Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman's innovative C4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. Enabling faster, more assured decisions. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. This is a Target USA moment. Episode 100. Former CIA spy Mark Kelton. Behind the Iron Curtain. One time I had to mail a letter to an agent uh, and mail it without the opposition knowing it. It was uh, January. Very, very cold. Uh, below zero. And uh, after a long route to try to ensure that there was no one behind me, I got to the, uh, to the place where I was supposed to mail it. But, you know, the, the fear, of course, of getting caught, I was actually sweating. It was, it, was, uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was well below zero, but sweating because of the concern. Um, I, my hands were so cold, I, I opened the letterbox uh, went to slip the letter inside, and it dropped with a clang. And all it, the the letter box itself dropped with a, dropped with a clang. Wow. The, and I looked up and down. It was a vacant street, wondering if anybody had heard me. I remember that. I'll remember that till the uh, till the day I die. This has been a Target USA moment, episode 100. Download it, relive it. I'm JJ Green, and this is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. On this program, we've been talking with Major General Roger Cloutier, Commanding General of U.S. Army Africa. They're based in Vicenza, Italy. And he's been talking about working as a component of U.S. Africa Command and the challenges that they're seeing on the African continent. And now, as we continue, he talks about threats. Um, and what would you say are the, the main threats to uh, the work that you're trying to do right now? Um, well, you know, so this is this is a generational approach. You know, we have a, a bumper sticker in, in USRF, you know, it's the long game, right? So we are not, we are looking for, um, for example, we have a program called IMET, and that's where, you know, um, we'll bring African uh, soldiers back to the United States and they'll go to our captain's career course or to command general staff college or to the war college. And what you see is is these captains, they come to uh, a U.S. course, they go back to their army, and they continue to move up the ranks. And they come back to another school as a lieutenant colonel or a colonel, and pretty soon they're in key positions within their military. So in the context of the long game, we, we're trying to forge relationships that are enduring over time. You know, so we're, we're working on the colonels and the majors because one day they're going to be the chiefs of defense and the land forces commander. So that's kind of the long game approach that we're trying to take. This is not something that you come in and you do a five day exercise and then you leave and you never come back. That's not mm-hmm. building capacity and that's not you need the relationship. You need to work on the relationship now before you really need the relationship. So this is a. 
a long-term partnership over time. So there are no threats really to uh, the work that you're doing? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are threats. I mean, austere environments, remote locations, um, you know, uh, Governments change in Africa and the militaries are, you know, subordinate to the government. So um, you have periods when um, certain institutions are more open to partnership than they are at other other times, depending on, uh, you know, uh, what governments empower. That's a threat. We have to make sure one, one of the things, my lines of effort is protection, protection of all U.S. forces, uh, all U.S. soldiers on the continent. So. If anything, that's what I worry about the most. That's what keeps me up at night is those three soldiers that are in that remote location, you know, do they have everything they need? One, to do their mission. Are we prepared uh, to take care of them if something happened? Have we thought through everything, rehearsed it, you know, and made sure that we're ready to respond? Crisis response is one of the key missions for USRAF. We are a joint task force capable headquarters. We've got a deployable early entry command post that's palletized and ready to go uh, in Vincenza. So if there's a crisis on the continent, like a, uh, a disaster relief scenario, <clears throat> um, Ebola, for example, you know, there's an Ebola crisis in uh, Northeastern Democratic Republic of Congo that we are looking at. So we are constantly um, looking left and right across the continent to see where potential crises could arise and how would we respond. Um, so how how would you uh, engage on that uh, Ebola situation? What would you do? What role would you play in that? Well, there'd have to be a request. I mean, a request to, to if you're deal. assuming you got one, right? If we got one, there would have to be one, um, and then it would depend on the nature of the request and and what DOD support um, was asked for. If you look back to 2014 uh, when they had the Ebola crisis in Liberia. There's a great example of USRS as a joint task force. Uh, Major General Williams was a commander of them. He deployed down as a JTF headquarters. He established uh, the initial operating footprint, did some assessments, helped uh, command and control the flow of U.S. assets that came in, got everything set on the ground, and then handed the mission off to the 101st. That would be an example of what we would do, whether it was uh, facilitating uh, the construction of hospital sites or medical treatment sites, you know, repairing runways, um, helping put up tenage. It would just depend on what the mission was and what the specific request was. Are you getting everything you need to do what you need to do? Um, yeah, we have, we have a regionally aligned force um, that's allocated to us, the 2nd Brigade of the 101st. <clears throat> and so what... Um, They've got all the capabilities that we need them uh, to have in order to come do this capacity building. We've got other entities out there that are allocated to AFRICOM that we request on a case-by-case basis. Um, I have what I need now. Um, we have to be you know, very um, conscious of... Uh, we have to be very conscious of balancing... Uh, Readiness, the readiness of my RAF brigade against the missions that we're trying to, to accomplish in Africa. So what we do is when we bring elements of the RAF uh, in to do operations on the continent, we want it to build capacity in them, or I'm sorry, build readiness in them versus consume readiness. So what we do is we use the active component, 
but we use the total Army too. So we've got 13 state partnership programs where states uh, in the United States have partnered with African countries and they've built a relationship over time with them. So we use the active component, we use the reserve component, the National Guard um, to really partner in Africa. Uh, and so let me just give you a quick example. In 2008, when USRAF first stood up, there was one exercise and one theater or a security cooperation event planned. Fast forward to FY19, we have nine exercises, 260 TSC events planned, and then an additional 210 events planned through our state partnership program. So if you look at at the evolution over time of how this has grown, um, it's really quite dramatic. Mm -hmm. um, so where where do you stand now in terms of size? How big is your team? How far spread out are you? And um, mm. what are the key, uh, I guess, the key missions that you're engaged in, if you haven't already detailed them? Yeah, so we're, uh, you know, my, my staff is approximately 614 personnel. Um, we're assigned in uh, Vicenza, Italy. That's uh, about 40 minutes west of Venice, so it's a tough place to live. Uh, on any given day on the African continent, there's about 2,000-plus Army soldiers, you know, operating in different capacities. Um, and then we have some responsibility in my headquarters as the senior Army officer in Italy for some of those Army-type activities for all soldiers uh, that, that are uh, living or stationed in Italy. Um, we, we do operational support, so we provide support uh, for example, to the French who are operating the Sahel, Maghreb, mm -hmm. you know, in Mali. We provide logistical support, communication support. We provide support to um, U.S. units that are operating in Somalia. Um, we're responsible for ensuring the force protection of U.S. personnel that are operating as part of U.N. peacekeeping missions on the continent. Mm -hmm. we, we do the major exercises. Um, uh, we do major exercises on the continent. We do... Uh, peacekeeping training where we train um, African armies or African units that are going to be deployed to peacekeeping operations. We do pre-deployment training with them so they're better able uh, to go there and execute their mission. Uh, you know, and, and so those are the type of things that we're doing. And JJ, one of the things that we do in all of our activities is uh, incorporate things like respect for human rights, the rule of the law, gender equality and so we go in there uh, and our soldiers uh, there's always those components that are part of every training mission capacity building mission we do hey there's rule of law on how we operate there's respect for human rights there's gender equality and so we try to model um, that for our African partners okay uh, it's your 10th birthday soon uh, and wondering uh, if you could give us a snapshot of what we will see in the future when we look at U.S. Army Africa. Um, <clears throat> I, think, I think the appetite um, for what USRAF brings to the table is growing. Um, so, so I think we're going to see uh, more opportunities for us to partner uh, with African uh, 
uh, armies uh, to build capacity. I think you're going to see more integration, better integration and synchronization with uh, our allies, our European allies that are operating on the continent. Because everyone there realizes Africa is a huge place. And so we've all got to work together to make sure we're, we can't afford to duplicate efforts. Uh, you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see... Um, in continued growth in the exercise program. I think you're going to see more participation. Um, in July, June, for example, we're going to do in Botswana, we're going to do the African Land Forces Symposium. Um, we've invited over 43, I think, African countries to come participate. And these are land component commanders. These are the, the head of land forces in Africa. All these countries are going to come together. And we're going to talk about what are the issues, the regional issues, the issues facing all of Africa. And it's a great way to bring everybody together and figure out how, um, how can Africans work together to solve their problems. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm optimistic. And, you know, the thing I'll tell you, what, what, what fires me up every day, J.J., is when I go down there and I see young American soldiers getting after it on the continent. They're working with their allies, and you can see... You can see the fire in their eyes, and you can see that these young soldiers believe in the mission that they're doing, and they're getting after it every day. So I think I think you're going to continue to see. I think this is a growth business uh, for USRAF. General Roger Cloutier, commander of U.S. Army Africa, a component of U.S. Africa Command. And before General Cloutier left, we asked him if he had anything else that he wanted to add. Uh, I think I'll just end by saying... Um, you know, uh, most Americans don't wake up every day thinking about Africa. But what I want to tell uh, your listeners is they should be proud of these young men and women that put the uniform on every day and who are out there operating on the continent or operating in Europe supporting uh, what we're doing on the continent. They are ambassadors for the United States of America, and they are making a difference. Those two and three soldiers that are out there training uh, their African counterparts uh, are getting a huge uh, return on their investment, and they're making a, dis uh, a difference. So uh, uh, your listeners should be proud of, their, of America's sons and daughters. General Cloutier, thank you. My pleasure. That's it for this episode. Coming up on our next program, whether it's terrorism, anarchists, cyber criminals, nation states, intelligence, or the U.S.'s own counterintelligence drama that's playing out in the Congress. Join us on Target USA for the latest. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Please subscribe to our podcast, and also let me know what you think. Send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. J Green at WTOP.com. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. In today's battle space, situations change rapidly. That's why Northrop Grumman's innovative C4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.